1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. this is The Rob Black Show. As I put the show together, and this is a strategy segment, as I put it together, one of the things I do is I flip through the news, and like, if I could find Prince died without a will, then I could talk about you dying without a will, and I could relate it to Prince or Michael Jackson or you name the celebrity. But on occasion when I'm doing that, I'm like, who's Addison Rae? And I have no clue. And I sit there. And I, I now look at the headlines. I go, I wonder if she's an influencer. I wonder if she's a one-hit wonder. I wonder if her daddy and mommy were celebrities. Like, I don't know anymore. I am officially old. <clears throat> I'm actually planning to switch my investments to com- not complete income, but income to replace work. I work from age 20 to 60. By the time I turn 60, I don't want to count on my bosses at Salem Radio or my bosses at Young Broadcasting or EP Wealth to pay me. no interest in me. Um, Because when I'm 60, I kind of want to go, I'm going to Portugal for a month if I want to. And I'm I'm kind of boiling this down to make it overly simplified. But from age 20 to 60, I was wealth accumulating. From 60 to 100, I plan to be wealth managing and making sure that I accumulate enough wealth to replace the income that I wanted to replace. I don't subscribe to the modern theory that costs go down in retirement. I think they're going to go higher. So recently, I let it leak on the air that I want $400,000 of income in retirement. That'll allow me to fund my kids' schools. That'll allow a lot of travel. Uh, Keep in mind, $400,000 quickly becomes $300,000 after you pay taxes. And sales taxes of ten percent in San in California turns three hundred thousand into a lot less. Again, that's a lot of money. I'm erring on the side of caution. I'm overestimating what I think I'm going to need, probably by about one hundred fifty thousand. But I'd rather have that wiggle room, than not. So I'm getting older. I know that. I'm starting to think of how much income do I need to replace. And I moved into a home last year that we still don't have a kitchen table because made the mistake of purchasing it from Italy, and let's just say it's on a boat somewhere. We don't know where. Um, I have a whole room that I haven't furnished. I just started painting rooms. So I feel like I'm a young man because the expenses on the home are are still racking up. I'm not living in a, you know, we've all seen someone who's like 70 years old and you're like, man, that's the original bathroom. No, I'm upgrading that kind of stuff still. So when I die as an old man, you're going to get a pretty sweet home to buy if you're picking up what I'm putting down. So I saw an interesting study recently and these two ideas tie together. Americans aren't making enough money. Approximately 37% of participants in a survey said they didn't earn enough money, while 26% say they don't have a job at all. That's a huge obstacle. You're going to need some type of job to accumulate wealth if you want to be in the situation of figuring out how to manage it later. I think the 401k or an IRA are your two best vehicles while you're working, while you're young many won't even start to save for investing because they think they're too young. That's the most pitiful excuse that I could think of. I know many people in their 20s who started to invest in the 401k and who saw it grow and they were amazed by it. And they got hooked on it. And it became like a drug. And then by the time they're 30 and they've gone through a partner or two, They're still like, hey, I'm financially better off than I thought. So when they meet another partner, they're like, hey, do you have a 401k? It becomes a talking point of pride. I saw a young woman accumulate $300,000 quickly in a 401k. Not quickly, over a 10, 15-year period. And by the time she was looking for a husband in her mid-30s, she felt like she brought something to the table. And it was a different type of relationship, a different type of spouse she was looking for. So let's say your goal is save $1 million by the time you're 65 and you expect to earn 7% annually. If you start saving at 25 you only need to save about $403 a month. But if you delay one year, you have to add $30 a month to your goal. So you have to save $433 a month. And if you wait till you're 35, you have to save $851 a month. By waiting 10 years, you delay over $113,000 in gains from a very small amount of money that you're putting in. So a lot of people think they're too young to invest. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the best time to invest. When you're 16, you're investing. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Picking up what I'm putting down. When you're in your 20s, I don't want you to make very many mistakes, but I want you to make enough so that you learn better. You need to prioritize your other investments in your youth um, as an excuse for not saving for retirement. No, that's doing it the wrong way. One of the very first things I do, and I did when I was 18 years old, I budgeted money for an IRA, an individual retirement account. Before I had a 401k, I had an IRA. And that's before I paid rent, before I paid tuition, before I paid for professional classes. Before I spent money on on sports leagues, first things first was save money. And that allowed me to, I think what my thought was when I was 30, 35, I was going to be able to look for a spouse and go, look, I've got money. I've got good looks, funny, and money, sweet. Only thing I needed at that point in time was a dog. So now I'm on the other side of it. I did everything right when I was younger. Now I'm approaching the older part and planning to retire in the next 10 years from from a salary. If I still get one in 10 years, I'm fine with that. But I'm kind of planning to have that that, like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. It may take decades over the course of working to say that you're there. I'm close to it. How will the current market environment affect my outlook? It won't. I'm still not there. I'm over three years away from being in, quote unquote, no more income. So I feel good that I can still ride this one out. But for me, the shift from accumulating wealth to managing wealth is pretty big. So I talked to my financial planner, Brad. Typically three to four times a year, four of them a little manic, three of them not. And something he and I have been talking about recently, are lifestyle expectations of how much money do you think you need for income and retirement? How do you want to get it? How smooth do you want it to be? Do you want to completely give up on growth? And it's just conversation at this point, but it's good that we're working towards the same page. Um, on top of that, not only me and my financial planner, but me and my spouse have to be on the same page. Um, and it's not always easy in the fir- first early years of your relationship, you kind of think that money grows on trees and you see your neighbors go to Spain and you're like, I should go to Spain. You see your neighbors go to Thailand and you're like, I should go to Thailand. Um, this is why Facebook sucks is a friend of ours. Or not even a friend, but their kids went to, uh, pre-kindergarten with our kids and they, they ended up being the biggest lie ever. Let me tell you how bad people could sometimes lie. Um, he was talking about how he's building this app and how doctors are signing up for it and hospitals are excited. It was tied towards diabetes and regulating and monitoring you and regulating you throughout the day and nurses on a hotline. And this was going to be like the multi-million dollar thing. Dude would go to the gym and work out in the computer office all day. Like there's, you know, gyms have those little offices. So he wasn't going to an office office. He was going to the gym. That was his office. And I was like, there's something wrong with this guy. Because he never asked me about me. He only tells me how successful he is. And my wife, no, no, you're just being a jerk, Rob. You're being a jerk. And then through the years, we get to know him. And she eventually comes to me and she goes, yeah, uh, we have nothing. We we lied. We created a fake W-2 to get our house. So they were renting a house. They were renting a house from someone in San Carlos. 4000 5000 $6,000 a month. And they, they created a W-2, and she's like, yeah, I'm filing for a divorce. Um, and I, and I kind of tried to help her a little bit, like how you could do it on the cheap and use an arbitration versus divorce attorney. I don't see any point in running up the legal bills because you're separating. I think that's one of the sillier things we've set up in our society. Uh, if you want to get a divorce, it should be just as easy as getting a marriage, in my opinion, from a legal standpoint. um. But then there's also a lot of considerations like, was he physically abusing her? Was she emotionally abusing her? Was there, you know, is there money hidden? Uh, They had a lot of debt. They would just run up credit cards with no thought and get another one with no thought. Total fraud. Total fraud. So she ends up getting divorced, goes off to live with her mother in Phoenix. This is tragic, right? Is it tragic? Because they were living the lifestyle. They were acting like they had everything um uh, their kids thought they had everything so they're divorced now and now i'll see her off in thailand and i'm like that's her mother's money you can see that she's spending because she's a coach for a dating service kind of thing and that's not going to be paying you 100 dollars. so her and her kids are in thailand i'm like i hate these people because i know they're liars i know they're financially fraud But she's probably using a credit card and she's probably going to put to liquid on it because there are some people who are just like that. Anyhow, I'm approaching retirement. I talk about lifestyle that I want in retirement with my financial planner. I highly recommend working with financial planners. Even I do it. If you need a referral to a financial planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening.
0: A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob
1: Black Show. Inflation and recession, and stock market crashes, oh my. Inflation, recession, stock market crashes, oh my. It's like a bad scene from a bad Wizard of Oz. Those are the boogeymen, and that's okay. Um, I hope you've had a learning experience. For all the political headlines that we've gone through in the last 10, 15 years, I hope you learned how many Supreme Court justices there are. I hope you learned you know, how uh, elections work with electoral colleges. Because I don't think our education system taught us all this stuff. And I know it didn't help us very much when it comes to investing. Just know that and you're halfway there, in my opinion. Pop star Shakira is going to go to trial over allegations. She owes Spain $15 million in taxes. The one thing that I don't do is a lot of tax work on this show. I'd love to talk a little about Shakira. I think she's a stunning pop star. When you see her, you're like, wow, she's all that in a bucket of chicken. She could dance, she could sing, and she owes Spain $15 million. One thing I can tell you is pay your taxes because government workers, they don't care. They'll come for you. Um, What topics should we hit at this point in time? When the stock market's down big, it's a good time to convert your IRA from a regular IRA to a Roth IRA because you have to pay the taxes that you didn't originally pay so that you can now convert it to a Roth IRA so later in life you can take out money tax-free. There's strategies that help to talk about financial planner even in down markets that can benefit you enormously. So that's stuff that I've been doing. That's stuff that I've been tinkering with. Every time there's a down market, I'm like, what can I do better? And me and my financial planner, we go through the list of options. I'm a great stock picker. I'll be honest with you. You can pick your nose and you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. I can pick my stocks. I can pick my friend's stocks. I can pick my friend's stocks and their nose. Like I can do that. Not bragging. It's I'm not good at fantasy football. I'm not good at fantasy hockey. I'm not good at uh talking sports ask me who's going to win the super bowl this year I'll give you a big old bucket of I don't know some things that we need to talk about is recession fears and it really really stinks because I was talking with a portfolio manager this week and he and I are doing a presentation on current market conditions. And we take questions from clients and we answer them as best we can. Um, And the questions are, for lack of a better word, they're the wrong questions. People should be asking something a little bit different. For instance, one of the questions that came in was, does a recession serve any purpose for the long-term health of the economy? Is there an upside to a recession? And my answer is yes. Recessions curb excesses. Now, this is a type of recession that is different than any other that we've seen because it's marked by high inflation and full employment. Typically, we don't have the full employment. And for me, what a recession does is what the Federal Reserve can't do. The Federal Reserve is raising the cost of money. And that means you're going to pay more for your student loans. It means you're going to pay more for your credit cards. It means, in a way, you're going to pay more money for your mortgage. If you decide you want to get a TV and you're going to finance it, you're going to pay more money for it. So instead of speculating and buying a TV on credit cards, maybe you'll say, you know what? I, I better skip the credit card and just wait till I can afford the TV. That's how the Fed slows down the economy. It, it's a very blunt instrument. What's better is a recession. You don't have a job. You you can't pay for shelter. You get kicked out. You don't have a job. You can't pay your mortgage. You get foreclosed. You don't have a job. You consider moving back home to cut your expenses immediately. So a recession will kill speculation. I love recessions. And yet during the presentation, we're trying to figure out ways of saying, we know you're feeling pain and we understand you can't say the word but some other questions that came in that I thought were pretty interesting um what should we do with extra cash right now would you invest it for a better would you invest it or wait for a better time and the answer is for me I regularly invest cash now you know that I sold a home about a year ago I still haven't invested all the cash from that. I've got maybe one or two more tranches and then that's done. Um, so am I going to hit the perfect bottom? Nope. May have already been put in, may maybe coming in five months after it's all invested. But it seriously surprises me how many people are afraid to invest in a down market and how many people are excited to invest in a market that is hitting all-time highs. Last year, I I had problems finding things to buy in 2021. In 2022, it's very easy. Last year, I started pulling some profits from Apple so that I could buy another piece of real estate so that I could diversify. Um, Some other questions. What is the rationale for staying in the market if it's all but certain there will be losses in the short and near term? I don't think anything's certain. And I, I completely disagree with that, that thought, is I think you stay in the market, but you tinker with your exposures. If you have too much aggressive, you, you go more moderate. If you have too much moderate, you go more income. If you have too many companies that are losing money hand over fist, you go, let's find some companies that are making money. And I don't care if it's McDonald's, if it's Tyson's food, or if it's uh, Apple. You got to find companies that are making money versus losing money in recessions. So I just think that people have the wrong mentality, and maybe it's because their great-great-grandfather or their grandfather lost the house in in the big recession in the 20s and 30s. Maybe that's what it has to do with, but that needs to change. You can find me online at
0: robblackshow.com.
1: Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show.
0: Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
1: I'm a sad panda bear. Why am I a sad panda bear? Because July is about to end. Why are you comparing yourself to a panda bear is the next question. I, I, I don't know. I just thought I would start with a meme, right? July is almost over, and it was a good month for Wall Street. A really good month, and it seems to be going out with a bang. Not too shabby. Yesterday, the NASDAQ, the S&P, the Dow were all, all in the green by 1% plus. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.67%, which means the 30-year mortgage has been dropping. You can now get that 30 year mortgage under 6% back down to the 5.2, 5.3%. I would consider locking or at least talking to a mortgage lender. Let me know if you need a referral to a mortgage lender. Bitcoin is going up, even though the Federal Reserve said that they're raising interest rates. Bit of a reprieve for Bitcoin. Amazon's up 13 plus percent after reporting a better than expected quarter. Despite alarm bells that Target was struggling, that Walmart was struggling. Amazon's like, nope, people are still spending with us. And they said that they're making progress in controlling out-of-control costs. Tesla said that more parts are seeing price decreases than parts that are seeing price increases. Will inflation end with a tweet? The House passed a bill that'll boost U.S. semiconductor manufacturing capacity and provide billions more in funding for scientific research. It now heads President Biden's desk for his signature. July was a good month for President Biden. Very good month, legislation-wise. As far as my opinion, I don't really have an opinion on politics. But it does bear to note this is a midterm year. And that's going to really start getting the headlines very, very fast because July is over. Last day of the quarter. Last day of the month. Yesterday we brought up the concept of are we in a recession? Are we not? Or does it even matter? We're in a technical recession, but we really haven't seen the job losses that we in our head associate with recessions. And we're also in a technical recession due to the fact that a lot of the growth of cash in the last few years was government money that's now. Evaporated and it's not being replaced by consumer money completely. But some of it makes sense because we want to buy cars, but there's not enough new cars on the lot. So there's pent up demand still there. And things that we can pay for, we're paying an arm and a leg for flights and hotels. But those have started to come down in cost. We're starting to see some, not enough to say it's over. And the way real estate and rents work, It ain't going to be over until spring of 2023 at the earliest. The numbers are going to be bad, worse, horrible. Anything over 4% is bad, worse, horrible. We're not going to get down to 2% in most people's opinions until probably 2024, late 2023. So GE has changed the company ge is a 130 year old company so they've announced that they're going to break up ge healthcare ge vernova and ge aerospace let's go with that vernova one because i think we could all figure out what aerospace is GE Healthcare, I think we could all figure out, like, oh, it's all health systems and, and monitors and stuff that they sell to hospitals. But what the frickin' frack is Vernova? It's their energy business. they trying to transition the global transmission grid. Um, what's interesting to know about GE is that creates some value. Yesterday, I talked about the EU is setting up a special commission to try to enforce issues on big tech companies that are monopolies like Apple like Microsoft, like Facebook, like Google. Strange to say this out loud, but companies have more value to shareholders broken up than they do together. And that you start paying the price. GE once was Apple. GE once was Google. They were once all that in a bucket of chicken. Uh, they were the tech leader in aerospace and putting planes up in the sky and satellites up in the the, the universe. But then they started picking up businesses that were slow. So they started growing very, very slowly. So to unwind GE is to unlock shareholder value. Same thing could happen with tech stocks. It's kind of an interesting thought. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin started the congressional kitchen timer. He and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said they agreed on a climate and tax bill worth $700 billion. Like, what was going on with that? Three hundred seventy billion for clean energy over the next ten years, with thirty billion in incentives for Americans companies to build clean energy solutions. Turning on Fox News to see how they would react to this, and they were not very happy with happy with Mansion. Call him a traitor. I was like, okay. And the Democrats are calling him a hero. I'm like, took you long enough. And again, that's as far as I want to get in this. So what happened yesterday, and what do we need to talk about? Well, Apple reported numbers that are carrying the markets higher today, as did Amazon. They're big tech companies. They're huge tech companies. And their size matters because they're in the S&P 500. And since it's a market-weighted index, that market will have a good day today if those companies have a good day. That's the simple thought. Now, Intel, holy mackerel, awful. I haven't had a fantasy about owning Intel in over 10 years. Like there hasn't been a a night where I have a fever and I'm like, I should buy Intel. There has been nothing like that. I think they are IBM. I think IBM is uninvestable. For now, until Intel shows me product, product, product. And I don't want to see a generation 11 semiconductor. So Intel and Roku had awful quarters. Hmm. Procter and Gamble said there's going to be a lot of currency headwinds, but Apple and Amazon had pretty good quarters, although Apple did note some slowing in services, which are bigger, fatter profit margins. Personal income came out this morning, up of percent month over month. Personal spending jumped 1.1%. So we're spending, the income's okay. It's not keeping up with inflation. Other than inflation remaining sticky, the inflation sapped the consumer's purchasing power. Real personal spending was up a week one-tenth of 1%. When you factor in inflation, not great. Wages and salaries, which account for about 70% of compensation costs, increased 1.4%. Again, not keeping up with inflation. Workers saw a nice increase in wages and salaries, yet that increase was subsumed. I think that's the correct use of the word subsumed. My 12th grade English teacher's probably freaking out right now. Probably dead, but probably freaking out in his ghostly form. Subsumed, I think that's the right way. So here's a problem, is the stock market has started to respond positively. And the Federal Reserve wants the stock market and housing market to cool it. to stood in the corner for a little bit, to underperform for a while will that become a problem will you change your risk profile if there's a rally in stocks we cut down on the silly names that you didn't want to hold in june that rallied in july huh i don't know what you're going to do i know what i'm going to do i'll be right here rob black and your money talking all things financial money invested and more find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show the market's rising right now july was good Sadly, on Monday, it'll be August. We'll see where we go from here. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. Sometimes in the next month, I'm going to take off some time. But for now, I continue to uh, push forward. Just before the kids go back to school, I want to show them who dad is again and reconnect on if that makes any sense. Um... Wow, some of the headline news today. Approval rating of South Korea's president. Yoon has dropped to 28% from 32%. Joe Biden's like, hey, I don't look so bad. The Reserve Bank of Australia is expected to announce a 50 basis point rate hike on Tuesday. It is a worldwide tightening of money. Worldwide fight on inflation. Don't let that get lost on you because the United States is going to fare better than other countries. Some other stories around the world making note the UK's June mortgage approvals reached a number of 63,730. You're like, what's that even mean? And trust me, I don't know either. Spain's GDP expanded. Italy's GDP expanded. France's GDP expanded, growing 46 to 6% per year between the three countries. That's not bad. Again, will it be this way this time next year? No. Europe's about to go through a very tough winter without enough energy supplies to power up factories as well as power up homes. Apple reported numbers last night that were pretty good, as did Amazon. Amazon was first, Apple was second. Um, I don't put a lot of weight in any one quarter. I've learned better in my lifetime. That's not the way to play the game out of respect for playing the game. But Apple said, we're not going to give a lot of guidance on the fourth quarter. So they're in their third, they just finished their third quarter. So they're talking about their fourth quarter. They think revenue growth will accelerate from the third quarter. It expects fourth quarter supply constraints to be lower than third quarter. That's probably the best news that Apple said in their, their conference call last night. The moment they said they expect better supply constraints or supply constraints to play out better than the fourth and the third, I was like, good. So this was the quarter everyone was expecting Apple to blow it. Apple expects fourth quarter services revenue to grow to slow. That's probably the most worrisome thing Apple said. So when their services revenue slows, they get big fat profit margins. Their services revenue on like the contracts that you sign to fix your phone if you break it. The TV, those kind of services, not the hardware sales of the phone. Hardware sales of the phone, 41.5%. Services revenue, 72%. So when services slows, it's going to take a lot of earnings out of the company. Apple said they had double-digit growth in Brazil and India. The iPhone revenue set a third-quarter record. Supply constraints continue with the Mac and iPad lineup as well. Apple said their install base of active devices reached an all-time high for all geographic segments. The company... Has 860 million paid subscribers, which is up 160 million over the last 12 months. I pay Apple. Um, I, I do Apple Music only because I own shares of Apple. Otherwise, I don't. I, do, I do Spotify. And you're saying you're that loyal? Yes. If I'm counting on Apple to help me in my retirement, I'm certainly going to pay for their music service over Spotify's. I know you're saying that's pretty hardcore. Yes, it is. Um, but 860 million paid subscribers versus up 160 million, that's a big number. And then once they get you in that service revenue area, it's tough to get out of. For instance, I do a bundle where my family can all save our devices online in the cloud. And anytime my spouse or my son gets a phone, Um, I do the two-year contract because they're going to break it. Uh, it, It's just expected. And I think there's nothing sadder than seeing an iPhone with broken glass. I know you're saying, what about poverty? "Eh, iPhone without glass. What about death and destruction of children worldwide? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a bad one. So that's Apple's quarter. It was a pretty good quarter. Stock is responding up 4% today. That's not much. There's still in the back of a lot of people's head recession and inflation. Inflation leads to recession. Recession leads to job loss. Job loss equals to people not paying for their phone. You get the idea. Roku had an awful quarter. Roku's a company that I've looked at investing in for years. I've never done it. Because when push comes to shove, I could only own so many stocks and I'd rather own more Microsoft more Google, or more Apple. I don't need to own every tech stock on the planet. I don't need to own a special one. The only tech stock that I own that I consider a special one, and I'm going to have to look at this, but the only one off the top of my head that I can tell you is Airbnb. To me, that's a story stock that that it hasn't proven itself in any way, shape, or form. Um, And what do I mean by that? You know what I mean by that. It means that the thesis is people under 35 will never stay in hotels again, and they'd rather stay in Airbnbs. Now, here's the problem is there's a lot of economic theory that we haven't figured out with Airbnb yet. Like, what happens if everyone in the world buys a second home and they want to rent it out on Airbnb? Do rates go down on Airbnbs? Yes. There's still some tinkering that we have to do with this, but I still think that From the younger people that I know, they want the experience more so than the visit to a city in a small hotel room. And I get it. Uh, The way I do Hawaii, I tend to do a resort for three or four days, and I tend to do an Airbnb for four or five days. That's the premise. It doesn't always work out like that. Amazon. Let's talk about Amazon. They're up 12% today. That's a big one. That's a big move. That's a chunky move. They said they saw improvement in many of the key operational metrics, including uh, what's in stock. They don't have inventory problems. Delivery speed is fine. They saw a consumer step up on demand. They think their growth rate's doing well, better than pre-pandemic levels. Prime members have meaningfully increased their spend since the pandemic. Things slowed in 2020 and 2023 in expansion plans. Now they feel like they're better aligned with expected customer demand. Amazon had a nice quarter. Two things that are interesting to me on Amazon in the future is how well they do in healthcare. They have so many employees, it makes a wise sense for them to try to disrupt healthcare. Because they can practice on themselves and then say, hey, Rob, you're a prime member. Do you want to drop your health insurance? I see that you want to get a facelift. Yes. No, I don't want to get a facelift. Not anyway. I will never do any plastic surgery, any shape, way, or form. I know you're saying, yeah, but you're a man. Yes. And a good looking one at that. But, oh, Amazon's got the Lord of the Rings starting soon. I believe in third quarter, right? What will be the effect of that on Amazon Prime? Will it be the next Game of Thrones? Probably not, but it's the most expensive TV show ever produced. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find us at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com